He dazzled us with guitar. He wowed us with keyboards. And all along, he carried a mischievous little grin that could light up any room, concert hall, or stadium he performed in. Eddie Van Halen is gone, but his music will never leave us. Steve, I just I couldn't face this one with just you. I felt like we needed to get a friend in here, so uh, I asked Alexi Lawless if he could join us. Good afternoon, good evening, good, good morning, whatever it is. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me on, um, albeit in sad circumstances, given what we're going to talk about, but in a certain way, uh, an honor. You join a, a, a series of co-hosts who have the distinction of appearing for so many of these memorial shows that we sadly have to do these days. It's... I guess it's just a fact of life when you get to a certain age where your heroes start to to die. Yeah, I mean, there's a uh, you know a, a practical part of this uh, when you look at the numbers and you look at the the reality of where uh, where we're heading and where where it stops that this is going to happen. And you know, I mean, you you, you and this podcast will probably be doing this for uh, for many as we go through here, and it probably may accelerate uh, given. That, you know the, the the focus on the uh, the 80s, but you know I think if you make them celebrations uh, and homages to you know people and things that meant so much, then you know they they become they become a tribute and hopefully you know there is a sadness and there is a down part of it, but you know it's also like we said a celebration for what they have done and what they have given us and the lasting part of it that even after they're gone will be there on a continual basis. I don't know about you, but I was cranking some Van Halen today. Oh, yeah. I have been for the last several yeah. days. So here's what we know. Eddie Van Halen died Tuesday, October 6th in Santa Monica, California after a long battle with cancer. Among those present were his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, and their son, Wolfgang. Eddie's current wife, Janie, was there, his brother, Alex, as well. Eddie was 65 years old. His son, Wolfgang, broke the news via Twitter, writing, quote, I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward Ludovic Van Halen, has lost his long, arduous battle with cancer this morning. He was the best father I could ever ask for. Every moment I've shared with him on or off stage was a gift. My heart is broken, and I don't think I'll ever fully recover from this loss. Oh, that tweet broke me. It's <laughs> I, I didn't find out about it via Twitter. I found out about it via my phone lighting up 400 times in 15 seconds, <laughs> Yeah, which is, is always sort of like the bat signal that one of our heroes has passed on. Alexi, how'd you hear about it? Yeah, I was. Uh, I think it was Twitter, and almost the same time, actually, on some text chains that I'm on. Um, and you know, when these when these things happen, sometimes you are surprised by how you are affected uh, emotionally, physically, and you know, because we all know that, that Eddie Van Halen was sick and sick for a long time, um, and so the surprise factor isn't necessarily there. And yet, I I, I felt myself. You know, I, I even. You know, we're we're in 
quarantine like like a lot of people out there and i i called down to my wife who was on the other side of the uh, uh the house and told her and you know for those of us that grew up with with van halen and grew up with eddie van halen being this this guitar god and this um iconic type of rock star it, it hit a lot harder than i thought it was was going to and look i'm i'm knee deep in in that type of music but i still didn't think that i was it was going to hit me as hard as it did Brad, would you, how did you react? To you know, that? my reaction, like I said, I just I saw this text and I just, you know, the the son burying his father. It's just like, oh, there's there's a lot going on there. Um, as Alexi said, I think we knew he was sick, but I just it was not expected. I did not expect it. I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't anticipating it. I'm not a big hard rocker. Never been, uh, you know, what you would call a front row Van Halen fan. But I definitely felt this, and it's like, oh, geez, really? (laughs) No, I don't really want to do this. I got into Van Halen right at the very beginning. I I remember buying the first album, or I remember being in a friend's, you know, garage, and he whips out this album, and we put it on, (laughs) and we just listened to it, you know, start to end. And it was just one of the most crazy things I'd ever heard. I mean, at that point in my life, in the late 70s i mean i was still listening to kiss you know i was still yeah i mean for me well, sticks was like the big, big step forward and now you're giving me van halen i mean it blew my mind i mean yeah it's hard to think about what that album sounded like in context of the time because all we remember is van halen being around but you listen to that first album it's shocking how how good it is a and how still still to this day it sounds great it might be their best album. I live my life like this through tomorrow. All I've got, I had a steal. He's not on me, I beg on my road. Yes, I'm living at a place like you. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, that make make that argument. And when you come on the scene with such force and such yeah. a tour de force, um, that that's a that's a good argument to make. So my my first introduction to Van Halen uh, would have been when I was 11 ish. Actually, going on going on to 12. So I'm I'm 50 years old right now. I was born in 1970. So 1982 when Diver Down came out. Okay. And so I I'm I'm one of those that came in the middle of their. Uh, their catalog or their David Lee Roth catalog, certainly, and then retroactively went back and found out about all of this other music that uh, that was in existence that hadn't really impacted me. And so I look at something like like Diver Down as my uh, as my moment of introduction. And so I have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for that album. And you know that album t- has taken plenty of criticism over the years. I love that album probably because it's my first and it was sure. this ah moment of what Van Halen was. And this combination of, of four very, very different looking, sounding, and behaving type of human beings, but all fascinating in their, in their own right. And music played with the same instruments that I had seen rock music played in, but sounding so completely different. And it, it changed the way that I thought about music immediately uh, when I heard it and then went back and listened 
to all of the stuff that was there before, and then obviously everything that came after, because I was a lifelong fan from that moment on. Yeah, Steve, I got to think that when you first heard that compared to Kiss, you were like, is Kiss even using the same stuff? Like, is that really a guitar that Kiss is (laughs) using to play those songs compared to this that's coming out of the speakers now? It's like kindergarten to graduate school. Yeah, you know, in fact, we always have this thing on the podcast where we talk about the podcast time machine and what event would you go back and re-witness or tell yourself about a younger version of you and as I sit here and I listen to this conversation I think I want to go back to 1978 I want to shake a very young Steve Spears (laughs) and, and tell him would you please for the love of God stop listening to Kiss Records and here here's Talking Heads you know here's the police Here's Van Halen. Uh, here's uh, you know, any, here's David Bowie. Here's Roxy Music. It would take me so much longer to get to that because I was still listening to. I don't know what you call Kiss anymore. I don't mean to diss Kiss that much. I mean it was. <laughs> it's not a Kiss podcast. Oh, it was clearly very popular. I mean they they moved a lot of product. Yeah, but I mean it was radio rock and roll. Yeah, I I do remember the one thing I'm I'm happy about is that I believe that. I listened to Van Halen in the, in the order that the albums actually came out. I think the first album I heard was the first one, and then I subsequently bought the next five albums in order of their release. So I remember Diver Down, which which Alexi loved so much, and I, I I remember I had just gotten like one of my first real paychecks for whatever lame part time job I had, and I hopped on my little you know BMX bike and pedaled away the two miles or three miles it was to the put et in the crate on the front and yeah. rode over to the and 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 rode over to record and tape outlet in dunedin florida and i bought diver down it was the first album i ever bought with my own money and so to that degree i'm very attached to it but i remember taking it home and listening to it and going this is nothing like the van halen that i've heard up till now not eddie van halen's fault at all They were a fun band to follow, and Eddie was a big reason why, and so was David Lee Roth, you know? Yeah, but I, you know, I think you know, what's, what's being celebrated right now and remembered and mourned right now is obviously the influence that they had. And you talked about Kiss. Like, I'm a huge, huge Kiss fan. And I think Kiss did change rock and roll and did change the way we look at rock music. Uh, maybe much more in the aesthetic and, and the way we present it. And look, Van Halen were incredible entertainers, and the production was huge. But also, I, I think that there's a recognition that this is a whole other level of musicianship and that, that fundamentally changed an entire way that we play instruments and the way that we listen to instruments. And, and I, when this happened uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I first thing I did was... Uh, text and email former uh, 
band members. You know, I grew up playing in garage bands and played in bands all my life. And the guitarists for all of those different bands, even going all the way back to, to high school, because I knew you know, that that was the type of music that we were playing and the, and the influence was undeniable. And I knew how important Eddie Van Halen had been to you know, just a multiple generations of guitarists and people that I had come in contact with. And I knew if I was feeling that, not necessarily having that, you know, that, uh, that connection from a guitarist type of perspective, I, c- I couldn't imagine how they were feeling uh, about it. And listen, his influence goes well beyond what he did in terms of changing the guitar. And I know we'll, we'll, we can get in and talk about that uh, in a little bit uh, here. But But certainly when you look at history of music and the history of instruments and the history of uh, instrument you know the way that we play those instruments um that he he would already have been a god even if he didn't have all of the the hits and the popularity uh and the stuff that uh that came with that incredible craft and art and gift that he had you mentioned their their live performances who here is have you had a chance to see them perform live i have not brad I'm assuming not. I have not. No, no, I haven't. So Van Halen was touring Florida about the time, as regular listeners know, where my mom was in sort of like the uh, uh, yes, you can go, no, you can't go, spur of the moment, sort of no logic behind <laughs> her her <clears throat> positioning. And I and I caught Van Halen at squarely in the, the no era of concerts. The no zone. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, I've spent decades – Going and seeing these bands that she denied me that the the permission to see, and of course I always, you know, send her photos and send her texts, and you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe a drunken phone call afterwards. Mom, I was going to get you something <laughs> nice for Mother's Day, but I decided <laughs> to get a ticket to see Van Halen. So she wouldn't let me <laughs> yeah. go. But who who rubs their mother's face in it after all? I know I do. <laughs> Man, she. And speaking of kiss, it's interesting because this we're, we're gonna oh we're boy, gonna here we go. We're gonna get some uh, some therapy done today. She, okay. She wouldn't let me see Kiss, but she felt bad about it. This was on their Dynasty tour. She felt bad about it enough that she made me like this handmade pillowcase with all the band's faces on it that she used like special fabric paint to do and i i loved that pillowcase so much i brought it to college which probably explains why my social life there was so so wretched for a couple of years but the the, the point of my story if there ever was one is that i did see van halen in, in 2008 when they were doing their reunion tour and it was just it was february it was at the st pete times arena in downtown tampa all they did was play their greatest hits, you know, 24 straight greatest hits. It was amazing. Wolfgang was on bass. Yeah. That was the only thing that maybe, you know, you, you would have loved to have seen the original lineup. I remember lamenting that I didn't bring uh, earplugs and then realizing in some sort of moment of sadness that I didn't need them. The band wasn't playing as loud as I'd heard that they did. So... I don't know. It's sort of like my innocence was lost that day in downtown Tampa. Oh. But it was a great show, and I, I'm glad I saw it. I know we uh, I, we wrote about it, and we probably talked about it on the podcast once or twice. But it was it was one, like I think every former co-host of Stuck in the '80s was somewhere there in the audience for that show. So huh. I'm glad I had that.
Who's got a favorite uh, Eddie Van Halen moment as far as his solos or his his work on uh, on records? Oh man, jeez, there's uh, there's so many. I mean, I, I think okay, so w- when we are celebrating him for the way that he fundamentally changed the way that, that the guitar is played, it's all fine and well. And I know a lot of people look to Eruption, and Eruption was a seminal type of moment, and um, was when everybody's eyes and ears were opened as to what could be done and that they didn't think could be done. But I would much rather listen to uh, an actual song. And I think that's what, it's, it doesn't get lost because it, it won't, but I think it needs to be just repeated over and over again how much of a great musician he was in terms of the craft of writing songs. And and I know we look at Van Halen as a hard rock type of act, Um the pop sensibilities of Eddie Van Halen were incredible. Can, cannot the, be denied. Cannot be denied. And, yeah, yeah. and the ability to... Here is a guitar god, arguably the greatest guitarist ever. And in one fell swoop, he changes to synths and keyboards, and in doing so comes out with one of the seminal, uh, seminal rock albums of the 80s and of all time in 1984. I mean, that just shows you what a musician he was and the ear that he had. So that's, you know, that's a long way of saying that I would much rather listen to Dance the Night Away or something like that than listen to Eruption. And you know, all, the, all the guitar stuff mom- moments, he understood that if it didn't fit the song, then then it wasn't right. And he had his moment with, with eruption and, and other things that were there, but they were always very short and sweet and incredibly impactful. But for me, the impact of Eddie Van Halen was the way that he wrote the songs and was able to incorporate this out-of-world type of playing seamlessly in with pop songs and rock songs that everybody could sing, even though they were listening to something that they had never heard before. I want to build on that. I would want to build on that because you touched on something that I've been thinking about a lot. You know, if you go back and read press on Van Halen or stories about Van Halen from the last, you know, however many years you want to go back, it's always about who's the singer? Who are they going to have out front? And you very rarely saw stories about Eddie Van Halen who seemed to be like we talk about, we talk all the time about who's the best front man, but who's the best supporting actor in in music and it might be eddie van halen i mean obviously he is an extraordinarily talented musician but he supported that you know whatever shenanigans were going on in front of him behind the mic for all these years and just turned out hit after hit after hit i mean that's not a that that's not a skill that a lot of people have and i think you know the other thing i want to build on is your comment about you know the the solo needed to fit the song I mean, he obviously was an extraordinarily talented technical player, but I think back to the guitar solo in Panama, and it starts out with this really hot lick, and then it just kind of, he's like, hey, wait a minute, this is kind of a more laid back song, and he just, just drops it about, well, it's a car song, so he drops it about three gears, and it just kind of cruises in from there, and I just, I love that, how that fits in with the song. Tonight. I can barely see the road from the heat coming up. 
He understood. I mean, he understood what people wanted to hear. And he, un- I mean, there's, you don't often don't attach soul to Eddie Van Halen. And yet when you listen to these songs, there is an incredible soul. There is an incredible movement of the songs. I mean, even, even the tempo, there's some songs that Van Halen play that if you try to tap along, it's not as simple and easy as, as you think. And it's, it's moving and shifting in, in an age nowadays where everything is, is to a click and, and completely on, on the beat and everything. I mean, that's not the way that he played guitar, and that's not the type of song that uh, that he wrote. And yeah. in doing so, he, he created, like I said, incredible pop songs that, that have stood the test of time because of all those little things. And then there's all the little details. And whether it's nerding out at, at, at you know, going way into the weeds of the stuff that he did and the little, you know, whether it's harmonics or tapping or anything else that you hear from a from a a technical perspective, um, or just the the sounds, and whether it sounds like a, a, a jet airplane or an elephant, or, or making it sound like uh, you know a a violin or a cello or something like that, all of that kind of stuff fed into the actual songs that that were coming out. That, like I said, you could you could sing to, but there was a soul to not just his playing, but his playing within the song. Yeah, minus that, you know, minus that being able to make all those sounds is a neat trick. But he figured out a way to take all those neat tricks and combine them into something that was meaningful outside just the trick. When I think of when I think of his work, and I think what draws me to it or what sticks with me, I I started the day and I, I was listening to Spanish Fly and Little Guitars and, and just really enjoying some of his more acoustic work, which you know I think everyone kind of appreciates that. And I wanted to come up with a great guitar answer to this question, but then I kept I kept turning my head to his keyboard contributions. You, you, when you think of the start of Jump, mm-hmm. it, it's, it might be the most iconic beginning to a song, certainly in in the synth of the entire decade. I remember when the movie Ready Player One came out and lights up the screen, and the very first notes we hear are the beginning of jump you know it's 25 or 35 years later i guess 35 years later and there's a movie about the 80s and what song do they want to start off by representing it all by eddie van halen on keyboards and that's i don't think there's anything wrong with that i and then i did the the unspoken I, i actually ventured outside the 80s what to um i i think it was i mean it wasn't right now wasn't right now outside the 80s or if it was it was I think it was towards the end of it wasn't that used in the Crystal Pepsi yeah. launch 91. campaign 91 yep. <laughs> Crystal yeah I remember if you go back into the 80s you'll see you'll hear the seeds of it if you go back to the movie The Wildlife from 84 which is I think the sequel to Fast Times Richmond High it was scored by Eddie Van Halen and so you start huh. to hear some of that melody in that movie it was a melody he'd been working on forever and, and he couldn't find the right pairing with it until he was with Sammy Hagar I don't think David Lee Roth could have helped Eddie get that into the song that it became no so that's what I think about I, I, I honest to God I, I just want to listen to every piece of work that has his keyboard contributions and it's not just because you know I was forced to play the organ <laughs> at age 11 <laughs> and I'm not going to say who I blame for that <laughs> but but it, it's just, I just, I, I think it's such a, an interesting side point that the, the, 
one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time, if not the greatest, you know, some of his keyboard contributions are just as iconic. I don't know if there's a musician out there other than Prince who probably could do both with equal agility. Let me ask you this. What do you think Eddie Van Halen's biggest pop culture contribution was? Oof. Uh, I mean, it's, it's beat it, right? I mean, uh, I think that that moment yeah. taking one side of music or pop music and combining with the other side to make that iconic type of, of feeling. I mean, we saw it with Run DMC and Aerosmith to a lesser extent, but I, I just think that moment when he shows up you know, first off, I think it, it reminded us of the, the the tone and the sound of a guitar. A lot of you'll, you'll hear people talk about guitarists and um, and their tone and their sound, and that nobody else sounds like. You hear people say, "This is how Slash sounds. This is how Jimi Hendrix sounds." Well, when when that happened, if you weren't watching a, a video of it, you knew exactly who that was. There was no doubt as to who was playing, and two giants of pop music had combined and it just made in a, in a strange way it made perfect perfect sense and that it happened on such a massive type of album and a massive type of song was everything coming together i mean for quincy and for, for michael jackson if you want to just put in every possible ingredient to hedge your bet on making it as Freaking awesome as you possibly can, you would certainly turn to someone like Eddie Van Halen and say, I need a guitar solo. Who am I going to get? Oh, I'm going to get Eddie Van Halen. By the way, he, he turned to Slash a few years. Michael Jackson turned to Slash a few years later. So he knew what he was doing from a production standpoint of going out there and getting somebody that immediately was going to not just be identified, but was then going to bring people in. It made me listen and probably enjoy the song even more because Eddie Van Halen was a part of it. I hate to say it, but I think that's probably the canonical answer. As much as I'd like it to be showing up as a claymation hamburger in Better Off Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, it's the only time he gets to sing. If I had to give a second place, I mean, I agree. They beat it solo. I mean, just no, there's no topping that. Mm-hmm. It, for me personally, it was probably his marriage to Valerie Bertinelli. Just because, I, you know, I was at that age where, I mean, she was just sure it. You know, she was beautiful. And the idea, it, it, it sort of blew my mind at the time that, wait a minute, you know, hot, hot girls like, you know, dirty suburban rock gods? <laughs> and I'm, I'm being forced to play the organ? There, so. w- there was a Beauty and the Beast element to it at that time. And look, as, as much as, as we will put all of our rock gods on, on this pedestal, and, and we know, I mean, you just have to read any book or anything to know that, that there are uh, there are no angels here <laughs> these are, you know these are <laughs> yeah. uh, or they're you know these are all sinners there are no saints when it comes to most rock 
folks, including Eddie Van Halen, he would probably be the first uh, first to admit it. But there was there was a sweetness to him, uh, but there was a rough type of beast to him in the music that he played, in the way that he played, in the way that he looked, and to be found next to America's sweetheart once again that the optics of it jarred you and 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 made you pay attention and and want to know how the hell is this happening yeah exactly and i have read the books i, I think there was a period of time when i was I had this long commute and so i would listen to audiobooks every day and, and i listened to two of the van halen books and they all detail you know how it happened that she she met him at a van halen concert that her brothers went with her to and they kind of you know, pushed him like you should. You know, you're you're famous. You should you know go backstage and meet Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> and so she did. And then they're they're basically married a year later. But and it it worked for 26 years. But I mean, like, I mean, Eddie never gave up the the, the rock god lifestyle, and you know, the cocaine did the rest of it. And I I always thought it was sweet that they were yeah. such close friends afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was nice that she was there at the end. Their marriage, though, is probably only second most shocking to seeing uh, Lisa Marie Presley and and Michael <laughs> Jackson together. Well, so yeah, you're going to be in the top two. That's still not bad. I was talking to one of my guitar player friends. I do talk to a couple people that play guitar, not just like me, who owns guitars. And you know, they made the comment, and it really made sense that so many, so much guitar playing starts with Eddie Van Halen and stops with Eddie Van Halen because he just when you see him playing when you see him in the videos he just he's having a great time it looks very facile it's very it just looks very effortless and then you go and you and you think oh okay maybe I can learn that and then you go and you try and play that and you're like I can't do this I need a million years to figure <laughs> out how to play like that so he had this ease about him where you could tell he was having a great time and he just made it look like no big deal i'm going to play this solo now and it didn't it didn't have to be fast obviously you know the the speed and the technique in which he and the innovation that he used is always going to be remembered but you know i've been i've been going through clips and and over the years you you know you watch different stuff there's a there's a famous solo uh, that he gives where he comes out and sits down in front of the audience and for me the best part of that solo because he goes on and does eruption and, and everybody's going crazy but for me the best part of that solo is literally the first minute of it and you can find it on YouTube where it's a very very simple but incredibly beautiful and moving type of uh, riff that he's playing before he goes into the you know 100% yeah. type of, of solo and it's and it's beautiful and th- the point is that well most guitarists can probably play it. They won't play it like he played. They may not. Yeah. And that it's 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 a beautiful beautiful thing. And I think the ultimate tribute and homage to to someone like that is in that moment when he isn't playing fast. It's just as beautiful and just as meaningful, and it moves you just as much as anything he does when he's going fast. Because the reality is, there are lots of incredible guitarists out there, and. I know this is probably sacrilege to say, but there's probably some quote unquote, depending on your definition, better guitarists out there. They play faster. Maybe they have better technique and all, all that kind of stuff. But it all stems from what Eddie Van Halen was, was doing. And they may have taken what he did and improved or evolved. But the other part of it is, and it goes back to what I said, is Eddie was able to do it. First off, be the first one to do it. 
then be one, if not the greatest to be able to do it, but then combine it with the songs and the, the ability to write those songs. And that's, that's killer because there's a lot of great guitarists yeah. that while they may you know, fly through the fretboard and have incredible solos, they didn't have the songs. And that, without that, it, it, it would just be proficiency on a guitar, and it's so much more than that when it comes to Eddie Van Halen. The musicianship is, yeah. And I, I kind of wonder, I, I mean, I know I saw some in some of the stories that he had learned piano as a young mm-hmm. age, at a young age, but never really learned how to read music, but he was clearly exposed to a lot of classical music. And I, I'm not saying that classical music is the only way you can learn anything or learn how to appreciate music, but he clearly took away something from that experience that music has it's more than just the notes. There has to be something in it. I mean, there's, there's a soul there that, that he brought to these songs. I think we should uh, mention the actual guitar that he played, you know, the, the Frankenstein, Frankenstrat type of thing, because first off, it's in the Smithsonian. And so that tells you how iconic it was. And <laughs> in a show that celebrates the eighties, you put that guitar in front of somebody who doesn't even have to be a Van Halen fan, doesn't even have to particularly follow someone like Eddie Van Halen, but but it says the 80s in, in a way that few things can. And, you know, the, the history and the story behind it and him putting it together and taking it apart and putting it together because he wanted to, well, first off, he didn't have the money to do some of the other things, but he also wanted to find different ways to get sounds and different sounds, sounds that nobody had heard. Uh, that made all the difference. And even in doing so, he, you know, he provided an aesthetic uh, that has, you know, since, as, as I said, become iconic. And then he made it into an even bigger business, not just selling guitars, but selling apparel with that Van Halen uh, and Eddie Van Halen type of pattern. And, you know, that's promotion, that's marketing, <laughs> that's branding, even before we talked yeah. about uh, talked about that in that sense. And maybe it was by happenstance and, and accident, but... When you see that guitar, it says Eddie Van Halen, and obviously, from from our vantage point, it also screams 80s. So how do you end a tribute show about Eddie Van Halen? Maybe by remembering that, for 80s Nation, there will never be another legend like him. Today's musicians are often delivered as prepackaged, commercial, and just too damn boring. Eddie Van Halen was the opposite of all of that. He was the guy who enjoyed life from beginning to end on his own terms, and almost always with a smile. He was a guitarist who lent his signature sound to his peers, and almost always without expecting anything in return. Back in 1978, then only 23 years old and on the heels of releasing his debut album, Eddie Van Halen gave an interview to a critic who asked him, What are your hopes? Presumably his hopes for the band's first album, but maybe also for his career. Eddie's answer? Quote, all we're trying to do is put some excitement back into rock and roll, unquote. That says it all. To paraphrase the band's famous curtain call number, Eddie didn't care about the clouds when Van Halen was together. He would just help sing a song, strum a guitar, and think about sunny weather. When you read the tributes to him on social media, messages from his family, his fellow musicians, you won't find messages of sadness or despair. They spoke of love and gratitude. The music world, the 80s nation, might be left to wonder, where have all the good times gone? But Teddy Van Halen, they never left. Happy trails to the bumper, to the bumper,
Tell me, me. Bum, 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 bum. again.